everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is CC Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, training, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. You know, this is one of the rare times I'm wearing shorts. We're both wearing shorts. Last episode, I wore shorts, too. This it's first, hot in here. We're running the AC. ad was sent by Nate Nagel. It's called Clapton Neck. Hot on this ad. Getting right into it. Clapton Neck. Fender Strat guitar. Fender style body with tough Duracoat paint. Oh, my God. Seymour Duncan, Pearly Gates pickup, Eric Clapton neck. Body is in good shape. Neck has some wear, but everything works perfect. Nice aftermarket, big trim block, new tusk nut, new strings. Good for you, seller. Yeah, new strings. Cool new strings. Check out how much an Eric Clapton neck is worth by itself. Check it out. Check, 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 check it out. So I did check it out. What's it all about? A new strat, a new Clapton neck on eBay is like 550 to 520-ish. I know I just did the thing that you point out all the time. I went back. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> well, I said 550, and then I remembered I saw one for 520. So yeah. that's why I did that. So here's the first And he thought. wants 700 for this. So I can kind of see. A, so if you're saying 500, you're saying the body, the pickup, which uh, is a Seymour Duncan pickup. Uh, everything else is worth the remaining 200. So this Clapton so, necks are nice playing. Necks. Yeah. So I, I can kind of see like the overall price justification. Where I get hung up on this is maybe we're like moving post relic a little bit. Or do you think we're post relic? I think we're heading that way. We're he- we're definitely. I, th- I could definitely see a, the the trends moving towards yeah. a, just a no damage look on right. guitars, we're, especially we're when like like Kiesels and Strandbergs and stuff like that and. Yeah, I, I definitely like Kiesel, Strandberg. Like, that's a great example of where I feel like we're kind of like past the moving phase. back towards like the mid early 2000s in terms of flashy design. We're not going back to quilt. Well, you got those Kiesels, too. get pretty quilty. Uh, yeah, but it's like the Kiesels with the no headstock. So it's, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, you take off the headstock, go quilty. Yeah, you do whatever per- you want. We have our permission. It's the future. I mean, if you're cutting heads off, I'm not going to stop you from doing anything. Boom. I'm not going to get in um, your way. But my thought of this is like, oh, so if this is like a curve and like we were here and then peak relic was here. I still have no idea what this has to do with this guitar. Maybe we're like a little bit past peak relic. Like maybe we're halfway back to normal. I don't know. But relics are still a thing. Duracoat paint. I know. I looked up Duracoat. Yeah. It's what they used to paint guns. It's gun paint. Apparently to paint guns blue? No, like I saw pictures online of, of guns painted like bright pink and stuff like that. And they that. use Duracoat. Or like they paint like a like camo and stuff like that. Right. And they use Duracoat. Like Duracoat so, is the brand. So this is the guitar you want when you, you know you're gonna be sitting in a deer stand for eight hours. It means you can drop it in the dirt and brush it off and keep going. Yeah, the 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 paint choice here is is wild. They're just getting frisky over here with the rattle cans. It looks all right, but it does kind of look it's hard to tell if it's sparkly or if it's got like a rhino liner texture. Yeah, um... I mean with I got to say I kind of like the look of the orange uh, uh, route cover on the back, the spring well, cover so on the back. So that's the other thing is this is a blue. This is uh, I don't like the green perloid on the front. I wish that pickguard on the front was orange. 
This is just a Fender Strat, and it's got you know, rand. It's kind of a random mishmash of Strat parts. Well, he says that somebody like did a semi Tom DeLonge thing with, right? Like it's just a single Seymour Duncan humbucker in the bridge. It is volume tone. The and the he put the volume tone in the wrong place. If you're gonna like do a custom two knob on a Strat pickguard, why are you gonna do the volume that's right next to the pickup? Move it away, like on mine. Like I did mine down into the. The tone and tone position. <laughs> the tone and tone. Uh, Can we see this from the camera? We should be able to. I don't to know. The strat over there. Right there. Uh, but anyways, I'm looking at the arm cut on this body. Yeah. And it's at a different placement and angle than the arm cut on my Mexican strat. Uh, so this isn't a Mexican body. It's And he's, he would have you... mentioned if it was an American body. This is off-brand. This is yeah, he just said it was a, a Fender style. This is not a Fender branded body. I couldn't tell if it, I, when I first saw it, I couldn't tell if this was the body that was weird or the pit guard that was weird. The pit but guard you're saying does it's, sit it's, a little weird on it. But is the pit guard just sitting weird on it because the body's weird? Or is the pit guard weird because the pit guard is totally aftermarket? Yeah, of course. No, Fender totally makes guitars with a green moto. I mean, this guy, let's talk about the price. You've got a $550 neck here. Yeah. You've got a Seymour Duncan. I'm saying like this price. The rest of it is mystery. This price makes sense. The product is what doesn't make sense. Like the, the product is weird. Like It's a classic situation where the parts list adds up for the money, but it's such a limited audience for this specific guitar. Like someone's only going to buy it for the parts. And in that case, yeah, You're, you have to here's sell, it, you have to sell it for cheaper than the parts. Here's what I do. Uh, this this was, guy should part out his own This was listed on, it looks like, maybe OfferUp um, or something similar to that. Maybe LetGo. Here's what you do. Clapton Neck by itself. You said you saw like 500 bucks on eBay, so there you go. Clapton Neck, eBay, 500 bucks. Uh, Seymour Duncan pickup. I don't know. In- include the pots with it, leave it wired up with the jack, call it, uh, you know, affix all that to a piece of cardboard, uh, call it 50 bucks, 70 bucks, depending on what pickup it is. Um, the pick guard, sell that for 10 bucks somewhere, throw the body in the trash. I don't know. It, you have to figure out if the body's any good. If there's a nice piece of wood under there when it, it's stamped, but the, Warmoth if, or, if the shape is weird, it's not going to be a major brand. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I, the, the guy could have even reshaped it when he had it pre-spray. Like, he I, could have been I like, just, I want a bigger armrest. I think you can get really close to $700 by parting this out. I think altogether you're going to struggle to get $700. Absolutely. Unless you find somebody who wants a Clapton neck. Well, that's what I'm looking at in this. If I was doing a build and I wanted a Clapton neck and this popped up local, I'd be like, well, there's a Clapton neck. Yeah, and then you see 700 and then you're going to be like, how about 550 Right. I want to buy the Clapton neck. Either let me buy the Clapton neck off of you for a discount because it's been used. So 475 450 maybe for just the neck because it's yeah. been used. Or uh, 500 to 500 even for the whole shebang because right. you're going to just part out the rest. And it's like, yeah, that Seymour Duncan is probably worth something new, but good luck selling it used. Like, no, you can definitely sell it used. It's just a matter no, of... No, you can sell it, but you're not going to get retail price for it. Right. You're not right. going to get its 
retail worth for it. You know, you're going to get used prices for it. All this stuff is used. Sure. Like none of this is going to sell uh, for new prices. Right now, the lowest price on a Seymour Duncan JB model, which is one of the most popular Seymour Duncan models on Reverb, uh, is uh, $57. I started laughing because what I should have said is uh, the cheapest Seymour Duncan JB model on Etsy is uh, <laughs> is is $57. Um, but I mean, you know, that's not nothing because if this was like a stock fender humbucker, it would be like 30. Here's, here's the way it's going to go down. Someone's going to buy this. They're going to use the neck. They're going to, uh, throw the pickup in a drawer till they need it. Uh huh. They're going to look at the body. It's going to be a mystery body. It's going to go on Craigslist for $40. The pick guard, you're going to throw in a drawer because who knows? And the rest of the parts go in drawers for parts. That's the reality of the life of this guitar. Yeah. Um, overall. You think that guitar would be sad if it heard me say that? I like just, it, would, it I be, just, would it be like a moment where like the kid hears through like a cracked door that he's going to live in an orphanage? Is that a thing? It's the thing I just made up in my head. I'm pretty sure. I tell my kids. I tell, no, it's like a, some sort of dark, like Oliver Twist moment. You know? I tell my kid I, she's going to go to an orphanage on a regular basis. I went to an orphanage when I was a kid to like deliver supplies and like goodies for kids no, for like I a tell, Christmas thing. I tell my kid that she's going to live in an orphanage if she doesn't shape up, start loving her parents more. Because her parents are going to die. Uh, no, because we're going to sell her to the orphanage. That's not how orphanages work, dude. You it, don't sell it, it, it is as far as my kid is concerned. You can sell their organs. I don't gaslight my children. That's just a joke. They um, gaslight you. <laughs> that is accurate. Uh, I do want to know, going back to what you mentioned earlier, if this is Sparkle or if this Duracoat creates see, like some kind of rough and tumble. I didn't see any guns that were sparkly. So I think that's our answer. I think it is a texture. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Which is not great. You don't want, generally you don't want a textured paint on a guitar because it's interacting with your skin. Right. And then you're going to get a nasty buildup of grime because it is interacting with your sweaty, sweaty skin when you're playing on stage. And you're just going to get this black, thick, like shower mildew look on that your guitar. That could be a cool look. I don't think it's going to be a, a cool little look. punk rock. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be gross. I don't recommend textured paint on guitars, guys. No, you want that. Even so, it even Didn't took we me have like, an ad for a guitar that did have the Rhino Tough liner on it. Uh, we had, well, it's not uncommon on cabinets. Did we have a guitar? Yeah, but you too? don't hold a cabinet in your arms yeah. while you're playing. Um, I would, one thing I was like to that point. It took me years to come to appreciate matte finishes even. Sure. On. Matte finishes are about to be a big thing. You think so? Yeah. A lot of people... It's becoming... Isn't a, Gibson about to drop like an ES339 in a matte finish? Probably, but it's a car thing right now. Premium car refinishes really? are doing black matte. Wow. I've seen a few of them around. Like Humvees and like Lamborghinis and like... Bugattis Wait, where do you go that like you that. see Lamborghinis and Bugattis? I s tell you, I saw a couple of these on the road, and then I saw someone post about it somewhere. Oh, no, I think I heard about it on my Bim Bam. They talked about 
this matte black. I mean, thing. I've heard a lot of things on the Bim Bam. No, like they mentioned offhand, like, oh, yeah, how this thing is like a whole new trend right now. And it was like, they're such a passing they're, thing. They're such successful podcasters that they're probably trying to, they're trying to like, they've got decide which color in, they want theirs in. They've got stock in matte black paint. I don't think my brother, my brother and me are at the level where they get cars. No, they're buying them with all of their podcast money. You think monies. they make that much money? I'm pretty sure they do okay. You think the McElroys make. Dude, they got that Casper cash. You think they make that Lambo money? I don't think Marin makes that Lambo money. I don't know. I don't know what that takes. And Marin's top dog in the podcast. I think game. once you're at that leverage, you're looking at like we're trying to we're looking at our situation, and saying like how do we leverage this to like the Mabim to get to the Mabim Bam level? I'm not looking at that. That's impossible. Well, for I'm us. saying like not like Mabim Bam, but like where you're on like a a recognized network like a. Sure. Like a radio lab or a, the only way we're going to get on a recognized network um, is if we start a network and what, get it recognized. What's, what's that one? What's the Mabim Bam one? Max Fun, like Max that's fun. like some kind of like yeah. network like that. But I feel like if you're at the Mabim Bam level, you're like how like they're those guys are actively like how do we turn this podcast into like well they had a TV show for t- like into, five into episodes a TV show that like people actually watch on a network that doesn't exist anymore. This has become. Podcast, podcast. Yeah, We're yeah, talking yeah. About podcasts. This is a little. This is too meta. Hey, what's new, Steve? <laughs> you want me to go first on this? Yeah, I go first. Uh, so my first, what's new is this. Oh my, Steve is trying to kill himself with his Steve cocktails over here. Steve uh, drinks. This was all ice. Southern Comfort, about a third to almost half of the glass. The remainder, Jose Cuervo Gold. It's a winner. It's just the worst thing. We talk about Steve cocktails on here a lot. I was on the Tone Jerks, and I did a Steve cocktail, and they were also appalled. This is literally the worst thing. No, the second worst thing I've ever tasted. Is this a cry for help? Like, what is going on, Steve? It's SoCo and I'm, tequila. I'm having my stained moment, Ryan. S- some Southern rapper is going to hear about this, and it's going to become his signature drink. I hope so. SoCo and uh, tequila. I will just say that I'm having my stained moment, which is to say... Let's call it So Cuervo. So Cuervo. Uh, do you know what I mean by it's my stained moment? Enlighten me. It's been a while since since I've had a, a a a weird drink it's been a while since you had a weird drink okay the more i have it the more i'm like oh this really isn't that bad it takes the edge off it takes all of the edges off there's no uh, edges left my it other, breaks your teeth out of your mouth my other what's new is uh i bought a, another pedal board a pedal train pt jr in a mono case from contributor to the facebook group but i'm not sure listener to the show brenton selassie uh, Brent, let super us know all around cool guy. Uh, I basically got this all at a deep, deep uh, friend, super friend discount of $150. I don't know if that's a good price, so but it sounds think, affordable. Well, the mono case by itself new is $150. So thanks, Brand, for the Damn, sweet, Brent. sweet hookup. I'm looking forward to getting this all assembled. Obviously, this episode. Don't hook this guy up. He's just going to burn it with gasoline. I know. Um, this episode will and make crazy toxic cocktails oh my gosh this episode's dropping like a couple weeks after i receive it so hopefully i'll have a pedal board put together by then one of the one of the this is so dumb one of the things that where i was like oh i want that is because it already has the uh 
retainer clips installed on the bottom of it. <laughs> nice. Uh, but I think this is that'll save this you ten minutes. The, uh, this is the board I'm gonna slap that uh, chalks uh, DC7 onto, and I think I felt like my PT1 was too big to be a ba- like a base guitar hybrid board. Right. I think the PT Junior is the right size for a, for a uh, multi-purpose, multifunctional pedal pedal cool. board. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting this put together. I just I gotta. I feel guilty recording tonight because I've been working so much at my actual job that like I was like, oh man, I'm not gonna be home until super late. But then it's like I'm home super late all the time because I'm working so much. Cats in the cradle. What's new with you, Ryan? <laughs> Well, you know how like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, I have too many guitars. I need to sell guitars." So what did you do? Guitars. Did well, you? Okay, go ahead. Including the Nutter guitar that I walked away from Nam with, which at least I didn't buy. Yeah, but I mean, you I, did sell your I soul bought for it. Three more Firefly guitars, and the day before I bought those, I put in an order for four Harley Bentons. Oh, what? So I didn't know. Does anybody know about this? People that I told at Nam. <laughs> what? <laughs> what Harley Bentons did you order? Well, to be fair, I am going to get rid of that Mustang-style Harley Benton I have. Okay. Yeah. Do you have the original pick card still? <laughs> I'm going to do some sort of giveaway with it. Don't worry okay. about it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get rid of the Fusion that I have because one of the Harley Mintons I'm getting is that Silver Sparkle Fusion 2. Okay. So I'm going to do like a replacement. Okay. And then I'm getting their Double Cut Junior Style 1 so I can do comparison against the Firefly Double Cut. Mm-hmm. One of those will... That survive. was the one that was a prototype when you were... It was still in prototype Yeah, phase. yeah. So that will disappear. One of those will disappear. It will not survive the octagon. And then I'm also getting the Harley Benton semi hollow. So then I'll have to decide. I'll do comparisons and decide if I'm keeping the Harley Benton or the Firefly. And then just for funsies, I'm getting the Harley Benton Brian May style red special guitar. Because in an unreleased video from TGU, I discovered that it's very surfy sounding. So I was like, I got to get this. Do you still have TGU content to drop? Oh, yeah. I've still got like two days worth of it to drop. I'm halfway through my TGU content. This guitar is not nearly as awful as the other two Fireflies. You, you think it's better than the Tully? Uh, I think it's, it's better it's than definitely this. definitely better than that one. I would say it's di- different. I like the neck on this one more than I like the neck on the Tully. I did not like the neck on the Tully. I think all three of them suffer in neck situations. I like mean, the, the fret axis on this is kind of garbage. I didn't notice it until after I did my unboxing. Somebody called you out on the YouTube comment saying, like, why don't you talk about how awful the heel is? Because it was an unboxing. You don't catch everything in an unboxing. That's the reality of it. Uh, but, like, you do, you are stopped at, like, the 17th fret without readjusting your hand. Fret axis on the double cut is, you know, just fine, obviously. On the Telecaster, just fine. Um, well, I don't know. I feel like this, the first Firefly I got has a lot of charms and it's a fun player. Yeah. All three of these buzz out across the fretboard. Well, this one doesn't because the action oh, is super high. I just assumed high. it was buzzing out because I was trying to hold it with one hand. No, that thing buzzes out like crazy. 
So all three of these need help. And a different kind of help. Like the the, the semi-hollow Firefly is was a fun player out of the box. I could actually set the action faster, and I did. Right. And it doesn't buzz out. The only issues is the pickups are a bit microphonic. These don't have those issues. The tuners are great on these. They just don't feel fun. They just don't feel fun. I don't know. This one actually like feels... Of the three, because I picked up all three earlier, this one actually feels the best out of the three. Oh, it's right, got a little, but then yeah, this got, got some cutaway. But then compare it to a guitar that you actually like, and you'll be like, "Oh man, this is kind of a turd." Right, I'm not picking this up enough, and and um, you know, you're talking about the fretting out, and I didn't notice it right away, and that's probably because I think when you pick up a guitar, the first thing you do is you pick up a t- guitar and go. Right, I go all the way up and down. And the first thing I do is play like like some weird like white guy jazz rhythm um and strum a couple chords i'm like oh these yeah. chords sound nice so but anyways i ordered all these guitars but they're all kind of like for work they're sure stuff i want to shoot out there's stuff i want to cover and they're not stuff i necessarily want to keep and so at some point i'm gonna be putting them back into the guitar ecosphere right Selling them, giving them away, doing some stunts, maybe. Cool stunts. Kickflip. It's maybe never an ollie. Never forget. Never, never forget to do a trick. Never forget to do a kickflip. Uh, I want to do some sort of creative giveaways around town. I don't want to ship anything. I want to do like a fun game in town. You should... Uh, dude, this is what you should do. You should do it at NAM. Giveaway at NAM. Just go in... Just go it's not like, that far away, huh? Yeah. Six months. Uh, figure out like one of these because you can like, don't they let you bring instruments into NAM or no? You have to bring it in. I could do it in the courtyard. Yeah. Just dump it somewhere, throw it into a bush. Be like, I've hidden an instrument. If you find this, if you find this Harley Benton, if you find this firefly, it is yours. No, I'll just do snatch this guitar from my hands and I'll pretend like I'm, like a kung fu master or something like that, and the first person to do it will definitely the, get it. The problem, I, the reason I feel like abandonment is the better option here, is because, especially you, no, s- no, no, stand out at Nam. Like people flock to you. Here's what I'll do. I'll. Le- Here's the thing: getting out of Nam with a guitar is tough because oh, security. That's true. Even if you ditch it in the courtyard, that might make it hard. Here's what I'll do. We'll do like a dinner or something like that. And I'll be like, we'll announce it in the moment that I'm there. And I'll be like, first person to get here gets this guitar. We should maybe do... Not, and I'm, not walking, I'm not committing to any of these ideas. Maybe if one of the other podcasts we know does some kind of like charity breakfast or something again, just make it part of like donate... A couple guitars to I want it to be like a stunt. Donate it. but I want it to be like... I want it to be buzzworthy. But it will be a stunt because you'll do it last... Do Like announce that you're doing it at the event. I want to... This I want is, to be this in the, is super boring. I want to be in the courtyard here. at Winter Nam and then do an Instagram post and be like the first person... To show me their butt crack. Get me a slurpee. Get a first person to come to me in person with a selfie 
with, say, like Josh Scott gets the guitar. So all of a sudden, Josh Scott is going to get swarmed by people. I love it. And then, like, someone's going to run out of Nam. Like, I've got it. I've got it. I've You're going to have it. to do this on day one, though, because by day three, there's already going to be like a billion people with a selfie with Josh Scott. I'll have to pick someone there. I'll be like, first person to run up to me with a selfie with George Clinton. I think you should do it with another YouTuber. I should do it with like Blake Wyland or something like that. Or yeah, another like Henning. Or like do it with Henning or like Jay. Or do it with a YouTuber I have had zero contact with. Oh my God. <laughs> Just do it with, do it with Ola England. Just do it with Mary, whatever. <laughs> do it with Rob Chapman. <laughs> no, I'll be like, hey, get a video of you telling Rob Chapman something really weird and his reaction and then come bring it to me. I'm not selling, don't send it to me. Don't post it on Instagram. You, you got to bring it. Bring it to me in the courtyard and then you get a, get a guitar. All right, we got some ideas going. This is this is dumb. Buck wild. This is buck wild. I'm gonna have a lot of. That's guitar- your phrase. All, like, I know. All of a sudden, buck I, wild it feels good though. I've been saying it for a while now. Um, but anyways, I there's a bunch of guitars I'm gonna have to get rid of. So I have a feeling I'm gonna do a bunch of different stuff over the next couple months. All right. So yeah. keep an eye out. Uh, this has been a long what's new. <laughs> Sorry, <know>. dumbass. <laughs> uh, sponsors. Yeah. This. <laughs> This episode was brought Every to you. Every time we transfer a sponsor, I think of, I think of the ninety four nine bit that did where uh, don't the, name names. Uh, knows what he did, and also he does not listen to the show. Uh, but he said, uh, what "Was it they played uh, Paranoid by Garbage? I think it was." And then mm-hmm. he said, "That was Garbage by Paranoid." And speaking of garbage, here's an ad for Subway. So I always want to do one of those segues, and I'm like. Oh, wait, no, he got... We actually like our sponsors. Yeah, we like our sponsors, and also that got him pushed to, like, the 2 a.m. slot and then fired. Yeah. Uh, We're talking about a radio DJ. Yeah, local... Local guy that we know. Uh, but speaking of sponsors that we love, whose product I use on a pretty much weekly basis... Here we go. What's it going to be? This is the D'Addario Auto Lock Strap. Do you have one of those around here? I think the strap is in my case because I there use it. There you go. The D'Addario Auto Lock Strap is a strap that has a built-in, um, like locking locking system. Yeah. It just snaps on to your guitar. I love it because I'm actually I've been using the. Where's uh, your Steve? Mine is also in my gear case. Does you use it? Because I use it. Um, I've been using the house bass at my church for mm-hmm. a couple weeks, for a couple months now actually, um, and they always throw on like. This old ratty strap that, like, with my energy level, I'm always worried is just gonna fall off. You're just gonna rip it to pieces. I'm, well, it's no, it's just like an old. It's got it's got wizard. It's got wizard sleeve. <laughs> um, it's got the wizard sleeve holes. And okay. so, so I always pop that thing off, and I throw my strap on, and I never like I don't have to sit there and like struggle oh, with it because it's brand in. new. It and might it's as a- well be like a five point like race car seat. Oh belt. yeah, it's so secure. Yeah, uh, that thing. The the Dario Autolock strap was designed by. None other than, than Ned Steinberger of Steinberger Guitar fame. Um, it works on like probably 95, 97, 98, 99 point decimal. If you got one of those crazy like V-shaped strap 
Pegs, not gonna work. Not gonna work. Not gonna work. If it's, it's if it's not round, not gonna work. If it's jumbo, not gonna work. Everything else gonna work. It's it gonna work. It, it works on SGs. Work. Guitars that have their strap button on the back of the yeah. guitar. I use mine on my SG. Um, no I I have a standard uh, seatbelt style strap. It's a little thicker than your typical seatbelt style strap, but it's yeah. very comfortable. Mine's kind of padded. You have the padded one. Yeah. So uh, it's nice and comfortable, but it's yeah. still like a vinyl feel, so it gets slidey on my shoulder. Yep. So check them out, Dadario.com, or just look at the link in the show notes. It'll take you right there to the page. Yeah. Uh, first topic. Here we go. This is going to be a little bit of an interesting Ooh, one. Yeah. This is uh, the question. Uh, topic is: Are import in guitars ethical? I thought up this topic to maybe discuss with someone at TGU. And it just never happened. Uh, and it applies especially right now considering I've got I've got th- four super cheap import guitars here. The four you Fireflies. I've got true. four Harley Bentons coming in. Also import guitars that yep. are super cheap. We don't know where but, these guitars are really but, coming from. I mean, from. those are super cheap. There are other brands that are making like Korean and Chinese oh, yeah. built. Instruments every, that are charging like thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. But you know, like if you're getting a sub two hundred dollar guitar, you can just imagine that the working conditions. Oh yeah, there's some, probably there's some, aren't great. There's some questions. There's, I mean, there's a guilt involved. And do I you, think, do you feel guilt when I sit and think about it? I wonder if I should, but it's like part of the, well, the mystery of it of not actually knowing what the working conditions are, what the wages are like. And I know right. that like the people over there who are making this stuff are definitely making a much lower wage than they would here in the States. But then I wonder, like, is the wage they're making there fair for their area? Sure. Like, is everyone in that area making that sort of wage for all the work that they do? And that's just like the, what, what things cost there. Yeah. Uh, or is it truly like, Oh, to manufacture these guitars compared to everyone else in this com- community, like it's actual slave labor. Right. And I think, you know, those are some big questions uh, that also exist, you know, not just with the guitars. I mean, we're sitting here with two with, iPads and two iPhones. Right. That, you know, they were made at Foxconn where they have suicide nets around the building. You know, is that true? Yeah. I don't really know a lot about like the, 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 I've, I've heard like, I've heard it sketchy, but, it's like, it's but I don't know like much about the iPhone manufacturer a lot of those business. Co- a lot of those companies over there are like huge cities in themselves. You get right. you get twenty thousand people working in one building. Every now and then, one of them's going to want to end their life. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I both like Behringer and Epiphone have talked about how they ha- operate um, like factory. Well, I know Behringer has for sure. I think Epiphone has also talked about operating like a factory city. Right. Where by factory city, they, what they've basically done is they've, does, they've built from, from the ground up a modern manufacturing facility. So I, I don't, I wouldn't say that these are like necessarily like slave labor conditions. Like they're not sweatshop conditions. Right. Necessarily. I don't think, I've seen videos of, of things being built at Behringer and it didn't look like a sweatshop. Yeah. But what they are is a, a facility that is doing like a high rate of manufacturer where people go in and like they, they move from whatever village, whatever town that they lived in to this factory because you know, one wing of the factory is the factory floor itself. 
And the other wing of the factory is a dormitory and cafeteria. Right. Uh, it's kind of like Ikea. It's, it's, self, it's a self-contained Ikea civilization. It's like if you worked at Ikea, but you could never leave. But it's like... I've got this semi-hollow here. 140 yeah. bucks. It looks pretty decent. It plays as a guitar. Someone got paid right. to build it. And to get a guitar built in the U.S., just built, mm-hmm. is going to be like $1,000. Right. Like, what? I don't know. Like, if, would you feel bad if you found out some guitar you bought, even if it was years ago, was made with like child labor or something like that? I don't know. I think I would. I think I would definitely hold it against the company that manufactured it. Right. It's not your fault. You didn't know. You didn't um, crack the whip. You didn't put chains on those cute little babies. It is like a hard thing now, where um, one, like you said, like there's a presumption that when something. Again, like what? What's the price on a? What was the price on the three thirty eights when you bought them? One forty. So, like, that's a price point that doesn't make sense. If you buy like an imported, and a little bit of peek behind the curtain, if Amazon you, affiliate link. I got eight bucks every time one of those sold. That means there's a profit margin below one thirty. Right. Right. Um, and there are you that's know crazy even for that like that is crazy for guitar. There, the market is flooded with like mini pedals and even full size pedals oh, yeah. from pedals. from Chinese companies that are you know in the twenty thirty forty like full size pedals sixty dollar range where you're looking at it going like how how is this being manufactured how not not even like because it's a single brand but because you see like three or four different brands that manufacture these and you. If you understand a little bit of, manu- of uh, manufacturing, you know that there is most likely a original, what they call orig- OEM, original equipment manufacturer. Right. Um, but what that means for effect pedals is, um, well, one, like, so if, for car parts, OE- I first heard of OEM for guitar or for car parts, where it's like, oh, I need a new alternator. I right. want the OEM. I don't need the branded one because the OEM and the branded one are supposed to be the same. So you go buy the Acme version versus the Chrysler exactly. version. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And but the OEM is is just supposed to be the Chrysler version without the Chrysler name attached to right, it. Right. Right. But you see this with guitar pedals now, where, um, f- like two or three different brands or more are selling like the exact f- same physical output like physical version of like a rat pedal or a delay pedal i've definitely seen it with different delay pedals where the cases are the same but the graphics are different same knobs same knob same style of knobs same layout of knobs just a different screen print right right. what is that company those kids started ctm or something it's cnz i didn't i was actively trying to avoid name dropping i talked about them in the last episode they were at Nam. Oh, okay. Oh, at the well, two up. Yeah, yeah. Um, two so, so they're yeah. working with an OEM, and that OEM, from what I can tell, is also at least working with 
Rowan pedals, which I believe is a Chinese brand. And I think also possibly with Joyo. I was trying to. So that's at least three brands are using the same OEM. One of which is operating at like Joyo. And it's the same stuff that like Outlaw Effects puts out. Like there's a right. bunch of OEM. There's a bunch of companies using the same OEM. And there's certain brands that when you see it like Joyo, Rowan, when I see it and I go, oh, it's a Chinese company selling Chinese pedals. Right. It's, di- it's weird to me when you see a, um, an, a Western brand. I'm not even going to say American, but a Western brand. Selling pedals that look exactly the same. Right. And you go, When okay. you're like, oh, this isn't a Donner dealer or Alibaba Express. Or right. And they're selling Ali, it for... It's AliExpress, not Alibaba. Yeah. And they're Alibaba's selling... Alibaba's Well, Alibaba one. is... Alibaba is also a site, right? Yeah. And they're selling it for $10 more. And you're saying... And, and my thought is always like, am I just paying the difference for you to deal with oh, you are. customs... Versus me dealing with customs? Is that where the extra $10 comes from? No, you're paying for something that's got branding without like weird phrases on there and with like cool, you're getting something with cool pictures. Oh, am I, yeah, am I pay, you're I'm getting, paying, you're you're paying for graphic design. You're getting something that you're paying for something that doesn't look embarrassingly budget. Right. And, and to an extent, like I understand, I'm not saying obviously, anyone, who's obviously, like in the, anyone who's in the know knows exactly what it is. Yeah. And obviously, like, well, maybe not obviously, but, but what does pre- that predict- predictably, I would say, like, I'm not saying graphic design isn't worth anything, okay. but, um, but I think it's, it's from, like, a design standpoint, like, if all you're really paying for on a pedal where the real question is, is it good or not, to just have, like, uh, how many, basically, how many, I guess what I'm saying is for an American company who hired an American graphic designer to create a graphic that goes on a Chinese built pedal. How many of those pedals do they have to sell where they've recouped whatever? Right. I don't understand where, how this connects to the question about it like, the ethics it's, of like, it's, it attaches back to like slave labor and, and breaking down those costs. Right. Right. Where at the end of the day, if, an Amer- you know if an American them. company is selling a pedal for $70 that has a graphic on it that they probably paid like, I don't know, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't, I don't know how much graphic design costs. Obviously you would, right? I don't know if that's a thing you want to, would want to speak to. I tried to make like 50 bucks an hour. But so what would, so, so if, if Joel or maybe not, let's say not Joel, because we have a really good relationship Sure. With Chase Bliss, so maybe we give them a, a friend rate. Also, they sponsor the show, so maybe we just hook them up. Say, like, an American company that you're not familiar with hits you up and says, I want a design for this style of pedal. How much time and effort do you think that would take for you? It's really, and if this is, like, really way it's a really, too... It's a really hard question to answer, because I... I, I I give custom quotes based on like how long I think everything's going to take. And I kind of like figure that out by just talking through the project. But I imagine I could do a pedal design somewhere between 10 and 20 hours. So you would expect to say on the high end, like a thousand dollars for a design. Yeah, that's, that feels right. So if I am, which is why I don't do graphics for pedal companies. Yeah, so because I, I'm probably way too expensive for them. So if you're if you're doing a design for a company that's 
buying an OEM pedal. They're selling it for, I don't know, $70. Effectively, they have to move a hundred of these units to pay, to pay, to justify your cost. Right. So already like, let's say a hundred units. So we drop that down to like $60. I don't know how many units they expect to sell, but we'll say a hundred is well, there. I think to order this stuff from China, you've got to do orders of like thousands of them. I think the minimum order that I've heard is either 250 or 500. You got to fill a so box. That's true. Is, yeah. I think the way it well, works. you have to fill a shipping container, right? Which is huge. Yeah, or at least like a ch- you have to. That's more than two hundred fifty. Like, well, it's so not like, that you, it's not that you have to fill the container, but when you ship, you're not paying to ship units. You're paying to ship a container. I'm sure they don't care how many units you put in it, but right. obviously you want to get your money's worth, right? So yeah, there is a thing when you start subtracting all these costs. How much does your graphic designer cost? How much is your rental of the facility that you're operating cost? How much do you want to pay yourself? I still don't understand why we went down this rabbit trail. How much do you want to pay yourself? You subtract all these costs off, and then you have to factor in how much are you actually paying the the people, the company right. that's there's building a lot this. Of, there's a lot of middlemen. And then how much is that company paying their worker? Right. I mean, and to a certain extent, when you're talking about pedals, mm-hmm. even U.S.-built stuff, their components are coming from overseas. It's, sure, it's made sure. out of the same stuff for the most part. And, and people try to use that as an argument for saying that, like, you know, a Keeley pedal or a JHS pedal or you know a Chase Bliss pedal or whatever isn't isn't really American made. Oh, it doesn't matter that they're soldering all the components here because the resistors were still the resistors were still made wait. in China. Wait, is no, a, it's, I, I, it's assembled. AIA. It's AIA. Assembled in it's, America. But the thing is, is depending on how... I don't know what the law currently is. I know the issue with some of these companies is they're doing their PCB population overseas. So sure. now they have to call it AIA because they're, they're right. getting the cases from an American source and they're getting the PCBs from uh, I'm talking foreign more, source. more on the, along the lines of like work conditions and like... Wondering like... Was someone... Well, the, so, like is... Is you having a guitar that makes you happy worth the possible misery of other human beings somewhere else who have to make it for you? I think everybody just stays in the dark. Yeah, everyone. Literally, I would say almost, I would say 95% of consumers. Now, I'll say 93% of consumers. Here we go are just staying in the dark. If I'm buying... Now, there are certain companies that you that you know they do QA or they do QC in the U.S., Reverend, Pure Salem. They're having stuff built in Korea. And the Korean reputation is very high. Right, So right. there's an assumption there also, that... Also, Koreans have a high standard. Korea has a higher standard. Uh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, we talked about... We went on and on about the Starcasters last episode. Yeah. are Those, those are Indonesian, right? I think so. My assumption is that the Indonesian standard of living is fairly low. I could be wrong. The only things I know about Indonesia, I've learned from surf films. The only thing so I've learned I can't about, tell you other, anything other than there's lots of islands and there's lots of hollow waves. The only thing I know about Indonesia is like, was it 10, 15 years ago? Half of it disappeared after a tsunami. There's that tsunami. That's probably 12 years ago. So... You know, there there are these countries, and there's certain countries where 
the city centers where these factories exist are actually like the cost of living is it's not high, but it's, it's good. Sure. Like it is a, at least second world standard of living. Sure. Uh, maybe it's not like, I don't feel bad about anyone making me a guitar in Mexico. Because I've been to, I've probably driven down the street where the Mexican factory right, is. Right, right. For, for Fender. Yeah. And I know the quality of living around there. I know it's not what we consider first world up here, but it's not bad down there. Yeah. People yeah. are living in homes down there. People, they invented fish tacos. People, people have infrastructure down there. They've got roads. You know, I see schools and hospitals down there and stuff like that. I'm, I, I, the, you know, I've looked at the facility on Google Street Maps before. Right. It looks like a modern facility. Like, I don't feel bad about buying a Mexican Fender at all. I don't think there's any, like, injustice going on or any, like, unsafe work conditions beyond normal stuff. Right. I, there, I feel like I would, if I was a factory worker, I'd be fine working there. You, you, but right. it's like, you, like, these things, these mystery guitars, like, how do they cost this much? Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, do I want to be... But it's a question for me. I don't have an answer for myself. Well, everything do I want to be attached to? Do I want pleasure from an object that caused someone else misery? Do I want an object that brings me pleasure when it caused someone else misery in a non-sexual way? Because that's what Steve is thinking. Um, and, and, you know, we've only gone back to the manufacturing process. Like the person who assembled this right. instrument. We're not even talking about, like, where did they get their wood? Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of, I mean, there's all kinds of ethical questions outside of that. Like, where did the wood come from? Where did the materials come from? Uh, are they dumping, you know, are they dunk, dumping lacquer in the river or something like that? Oh, I'm sure they are. Are, you know, there's ethical questions about the design of these, these things. I mean, clearly, yeah. these are trying to be, you know, certain styles of guitars yeah. that I, I, I other feel- brands own various copyrights on certain elements of. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. I feel like we've maybe raised more questions than we've been able to even address. Well, I feel like it's a, I think it's um, a worthwhile thing for us to discuss, and I'm kind of surprised it's taken us so yeah, well. Yeah, I'll just so say, um, like, if you ha- actually are in the know, like, if you have any real information, not just Send speculation. pictures from the factory because, floor. I mean, maybe you don't have pictures, but... but I, like, Send us recordings of children oh my God, building guitars. dude. Sorry. What's wrong with you? You don't want to see kids building guitars? I mean, are they happy? I hope so. If it was a, it was, if it's footage from the U.S. of children building guitars at home, then it's like cheerful and wonderful. If it's their job in a factory, then you're like, ooh. I know, I know people, adult, like old, old, like boomers, who are like, I don't understand child labor laws. I mean, obviously, we don't want kids, you know. Obviously, it was bad in the 20s when kids were like sticking their hands into into like uh, auto, into like machines and getting their fingers removed and stuff. But like, if you're like 12 and like you want to like start working because you want to like you know not because you have to support your family but because you know you're just really interested in how like a certain kind of thing is built. Like, what's wrong with the 12 year old getting a job? I think you can work as a 12-year-old. You just can't go down to freaking soup plantation and become a waiter or something like that. Right. No, you can but work you can, at your own parents' restaurant. You can work in a family restaurant. You can become a sole proprietor. Can you? You can have a lemonade stand. You can. Oh, yeah, lawns. yeah. But I'm saying, like, you can't go to, like, the Fender factory and be like, hey, I want to be your 
fret file boy. Right, right. Anyway, uh, that's I guess that's beside the point. Well, I think the idea is that you want kids to be have every opportunity to have an education and not have to work. Um, because the moment that kids can work and not go to school, then there's a lot of families that will just be like, "Well, our kids work now." Yeah, like and I said, that's like where I we said, get back to um, where we were in the past. If you have any insight into how this whole OEM dirt cheap import world works, yeah. Uh, I know some of our listeners have been looking in, into it, uh, but I can't say that I've heard anything conclusive. In fact, I, I know at least some of the accounts I've heard from people who are looking into it that they were told, basically, I will give you no information. And if you continue this line of questioning, I will just block you on social media. Whoa. Um, and I will just leave it at that. Um, but, I, you know, it's a thing that, like, I'm interested in because like there are companies where again like we're talking about firefly here i don't know what like neither of us really knows enough about the chinese economic structure to say like oh these are definitely being built in like a sketchy way that is harming the factory workers harming the worker the environment the economy because you know, even harming if, anything really even if i try to like reverse engineer like the cost of every single component on here and i come to the conclusion that the factory worker is making like three dollars per guitar they melt built i don't even know what the cost of living is i don't know what three dollars gets you to us that sounds like that sounds awful awful but we don't know what rent is or food is or if they live at the factory so they don't even have to pay for those things i mean these are all because i know like my understanding is like in the case of behringer which is the, one of the more documented factory cities in uh-huh. the in the guitar industry. My understanding is like they see it as like a kind of like a collegiate experience where like yeah, their workers are like kind of underpaid, but they're getting experience that they wouldn't be able to get with any other factory. I mean, the videos I've seen from there, it looks like any other business around here you'd find in a business right. park. Like, Except they're like, making way less money and they live there. Right. And I, you know, I've done tours of like Hewlett Packard and like Sony's buildings around here and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it kind of looks like that. So I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a range of work environments and you just don't know. And that's part of the problem is we don't know. So maybe in the future we'll see some sort of, I, there has to be some sort of event that causes outcry. Right, and then you have. But you also like, and don't then you have an, that to happen. Then you right? have an element where it's like, then people are going and checking out the factories and reporting back and yeah. trying to confirm that certain places are better than others. So I don't know. Well, and, and it's you know, a complicated there's a, topic. There's a whole other side piece there of like you know the of the um, the limitations of the governments. Of those countries in terms of, you know, if you show up with camera material in some of these countries, I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah. You show up in uh, China with a camera and you're like, I'm an American journalist and I want to document your factory process. (laughs) Bye-bye. Who knows if you're making it back home? Is that bye-bye-bye or bye-bye-bye? I think it's bye-bye-bye. Wow. That's probably a big dumb racist assumption about China. Uh, Maybe a little. But it's, I think it's also maybe a racist assumption for us to assume that just because something comes cheap out of Asia, 
that there must be deplorable working conditions. Like, right. what if they have it figured out and like everything's fine there? It's, who are we to say? You know? Yeah. Who are we? Yeah. Uh, this. Who am I? We got a, we've got an ad here from Jason Weiser. This is a new old stock PV retro fire. Never played. That's all it says. Can you call a guitar new old stock? How even new slash old is this guitar? I mean, I get that it's never played, but it's out of the box. It's hanging on a wall somewhere. It probably had the plastic removed from the pickguard and the pickups. The, but like when I think of, what do you think of when you hear the phrase new old stock? Cause I think of like, Oh, we found a crate of pickups in the back of the Dan electro factory. Right. New old stock is, is something that I think of as being applied to specific components. Like a lot of like resistors and capacitors and, you know, things like that, that you find in amps and pedals. Right. They'll be like, Oh, we found, you know, this supply of new old stock germanium transistors and we're putting them into pedals until we run out of them. And then, I mean, you, and then they don't exist anymore. So, you know, in the most technical sense, a never played, though this is out of the box, but a like never played instrument from like 10 years ago or 20 years ago would, you know, I can see how technically, oh, I would it's call new this, old stock. I would call this a closet classic, even though it's only been in the closet for maybe six years. Right. I think closet classic implies that it was, you know, at least played a little bit at some it's point. It's just a good condition used guitar. Like it's this this particular instrument is definitely not old enough to have a phrase like new old stock. Right. It. I mean, new old stock. Even if this, even this was if this was old enough and it checked a lot more boxes. I wouldn't consider it new old stock unless it was coming from the manufacturer. Right. If the, if uh, if PV was like, oh hey, we were going through the warehouse, we found three pallets of these things. Well, I, we're gonna reissue them, like with new branding in a new K in a new box, and you know these are desirable now. Here's new old stock. I th- I th- really think new old stock has to be component specific. You think so, so? for example, you talked about the Dan Electro new old stock. That's just the pickups. Everything else was new. Right. The pickups were old stock that had never been used. So they were functionally new, but they were old stock. Everything else yeah. was actually new. This is just old. This is an old guitar. This is an old... This is a... It's an old guitar, new condition. New condition, old guitar. This is an old stock that's being used in a new manufacturer. And it's not old stock because it's not stocked anywhere. It's in someone's house. You can tell that. If you are a pedal builder and you stumbled somehow onto a... In fact, I I don't even say stumble because I'm sure guys look for this. Say you use a... um, What is it? Like a BC-108... Uh, transistor and you found a guy who was selling these and said these have never been installed in anything these are vintage bc 108 transistors in the original paper you know have you ever seen like where they're in the paper they're all the blue paper that's stuck together and you bought the you bought that off of eBay or whatever, and then you installed that into a bunch of pedals. That's the I would be fine a, saying, you know, fuzz this, face. This is the new old right? stock version of, of my fuzz or whatever pedal. Yeah, you know, this pedal features new old stock germanium transistors because it's a single component that is 
in a new pedal featuring unused old stock materials. Right. What's something new old stock that you would trip all over yourself to buy? Like a guitar component or... I mean, obviously, neither of us are building pedals, so we're not going to buy transistors. But, like, what if you could get... Well, I think, what Dan, again, going back to Dan Electro with the pickups, like, right. that's an obvious... I mean, we, talk, we were talking about the Starcaster. It's impossible to get... Fender stopped making the original design of those pickups, of the wide-range humbuckers, after the first run. Oh, yeah. No, everything dude. Everything else has been a redesign since. So if you could... And if, they're not just redesigns. They're, like, shortcutted. Right, right. So, like, a completely... Like, if, if there was like a box that popped up in the factory of new old stock wide-range humbuckers mm-hmm. and Fender put them in a bunch of guitars, people would be tripping all over themselves to get them. Oh, for sure. And they wouldn't just put in guitars. They would all be custom shop. Right. If Fender were to come out and say, hey, we found a box of 1957 Strat pickups, new old stock, yeah. you know, we're going to drop these into a series of custom shop guitars, people would pay... I don't know, a $1,000 upcharge on those Easy. just to get new old stock pickups. Easy. This isn't new old stock. Right. The other thing I've never... This re- is a new old guitar. I've never noticed this before. I've seen these P- PV retro fires before. I think the body shape is interesting. I actually think the hideousness of the pit guard is interesting. Yeah. Um, I never realized how bad the fret access is before it's right now. It's pretty bad. Uh, I've played a couple of these. I've never sho- seen one in person. In shops and whatnot. That guy who sells stuff up in, in Oceanside has oh, yeah. one, and it's never going to sell. But uh, new old stock. I don't check but Craigslist a ton anymore. Here's the problem with this guitar is that it's got this totally like retro vibe. It's yeah. called the Retro Fire. It's got the German carve. It's like doing this kind of like Mosrite-y sort of thing. They just don't play good. I mean, it's priced $200 because that's what it's worth. Right. But it's like... I Googled it, this in every, literally yeah. every single hit I found on Google was $199. It just doesn't play like it looks. Like, it doesn't play like an old guitar. It doesn't play or sound in a way that, like, someone who wants a retro thing would want. Right. And so there's no market for this because people well, who like new-looking stuff don't like the look of this because it's not modern enough. It, people who it's like... It's also, you know, it's also a PV guitar... Which even right. like their USA stuff but this took is like, 20 years to find a foothold. This is like their budget budget. No, I, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like It looks cool. For, for a $200 guitar, it looks cooler than it should, but they just don't play good. Yeah. Is my opinion. Uh, this t- week's topic. episode is uh, sponsored by Chase Bliss Audio. We got the mood here. We got the mood. We should probably stop pushing the mood at some point. But it's just so cool. Yeah, we'll go back to pushing some other stuff. They got a lot of other pedals. I've been using the uh, the Condor a lot on my board as a preamp. Yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Do you ever in- use it as a wah? Yeah, I've done that every now and then. I just don't keep an expression thing on my board that often. So I don't, yeah. I don't dial that, on, I need, that often. I need to find some time to sit down with this because I think that de- in the uh, various demos, including yours, that I've watched... Yeah, I actually watched one of Ryan's demos. Weird. And I recommend it. Um, this thing looks like so much fun. It's a trip. Uh, I, I mean, got to find a, some time. It's a, it's a professional quality level musical device, but it's also a toy. Man, you're going to play with this thing. You get a mood, you can sit and play with this thing for thousands of hours and never hit the same sound twice. Like That's what this that pedal is. That kind of sounds like a bad thing, but... 
But it's fun every time. I don't time. know that it is. Uh, so it's a pedal that gives you unpredictable results in a predictable way. Yep. I'll say this that. is the mood. It's from Chase Bliss Audio, Digital Brain, Analog Heart. We love these guys. Um, they love so, us too. I yeah. Think. So go check them out. ChaseBlissAudio.com. Not only do they they do the mood, which is our newest pedal, but they've got some classic uh, delays, uh, the tonal recall and the thermae. They've got some tram. They got a tram, a flanger, a dirt box. They, they got, got a all reverb, kinds of stuff. Dark world. Like Ryan mentioned, the Condor, which is an all around like, you know, you say you use it for like as an EQ, but it's kind of a wall, right? It's kind of it's a an wall. EQ. It's, an it's a wall. It's a modulation. It does a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a boost. Did I say that already? It's a preamp. Yep. It's a drive. It's got a dirt section on it. Yeah. So I go- forgot about that until I put it on my board a couple of weeks back. I was like, what does this other switch do? Oh, it goes from clean to drive. Yeah. So it's like you've got a preamp and a dirt pedal there. It's The Condor is a beautiful pedal. I'm just going to say it. It's a beautiful pedal. It's one of those things that's like it might not seem sexy at first because it's not like an over-the-top modulation or delay or something like that, but it's a problem fixer on yeah. anyone's board. EQs are always, they always seem like kind of utility pedals a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's so much more than that. Our other non-official sponsor but we are running gary this week at a pretty high clip that's our air conditioner gary i'll put um, a picture of him right here is isotope who has the rx plug-in suite is I think that accurate i think it's rx7 now okay uh they were very generous to connect me up with a fresh batch of plugins after tgu and they make such a huge difference in this kind of environment where we are running the ac it's a loud ac it will be picked up by the mics but uh, I think I'm going to use the spectral denoise. And you dial that in just right, and no one will know the difference. It'll make the AC. If you can tell the difference, send us an email, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant set of presets from Isotope. Yeah. Plugins. Plugins is a word. Uh, I mean, if there's other stuff in there like Depop, DS. Uh, de-reverb, like if I'm recording in a big room and I'm getting a lot of reverb off a mic, it just cleans it up. Yeah, if you're looking for a great plug-in suite for whatever DAW you're using, go check out what Isotope has to offer. Yeah. Uh, this next topic is B B King. Do you know what those Bs stand for? I've actually, I never thought about this, but I've never looked up what Baracus Buford King. That's, I'm that just can't going be with true. Robert Robert King. Robert Robert King. Uh, so funny story about BB King. When my wife and I were dating, she was driving down the road and she calls me and she's like, "Hey, uh, is BB King still alive?" And he was at the time. And I was like, "Yeah, BB King's still alive." She's like, "Okay, good, because he's supposed to play at an Indian casino next month." And she was like, had this moment where she tripped out and she was like, "I thought that guy was dead." But he was doing commercials. Is that like at the something time. like her, like she had tickets to or something? No, no, she just saw the uh, the the billboard. Okay. On the road, and she had this moment where she freaked out. She's like, "Oh my gosh, do they know he's dead?" Uh, his name is Riley B. King. Interesting. Um, I ha- from a quick scroll through. Uh, oh, BB was actually short for. Um, his original, or his nickname was the Beale Street Blues Boy. I actually knew that, but so, I didn't remember. Uh, I watched like a thing on it. It's actually uh, just short for Blues Boy. Yeah. Blues Boy King. He is. Uh, I thought it stood for Bad Brains. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
He's one of the three kings. Can you name the other two kings? Albert and Freddie. Albert and Freddie. Anyway, a, I'm a big Albert fan. Uh, we're talking about BB King right now because BB King's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many? You want me to prove it right now? Okay. I don't need I'm you. I'm a to big prove. Albert King Nobody fan. Nobody cares. I made a painting of him. I've got it here in the garage, right here. I made that painting like you're so cool, Ryan. Probably like 20- I'm a graphic designer. I made a painting. I made it in 04. It says right there. Ugh. I knew, did I know you in 04? But you know, I could be saying like, "Oh, I, I love that guy's music," and have no proof. I've got proof. That's true. I've got proof right there. BB uh, King's daughter is furious as Lucille guitar goes up for auction. That's what we're talking about. Is Lucille is going up for auction? Um, and apparently his daughter is not happy about it. Um, well, who's selling it? I don't know. Well, she doesn't own it. She, she can say squat, right? So this is a prototype ES345. Now, from what I've heard is that there were multiple of these prototypes. So none of them, because the thing that before we started recording, we were talking about other famous guitars that have gone up for auction. Right. I think was it Eric Clapton's bet blackie went for like a million dollars. And then a more recently, uh, Oh my gosh, the guy from pink Floyd. Why is my brain stopping? Right. Right. Um, is his name Dick? (laughs) This is awful. Dick from pink Floyd. Good old Jimmy from pink Floyd. You were closer with Dick. No, Dave. I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh, David. Yeah, Dave. David Gil. Dave. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh Good yeah, old Dave. Me and Dave Gilmore. Yeah, we're on the level. Dick Gilmore, as I sometimes call him. Steve Gilmore, another name Steve said. Oh, Jimmy is what Jimmy, you said. Jimmy, Jimmy Gilmore. Gilmore. Um, his number one went for like. I mean, two I'm, and making, a half. I'm making fun of him. I didn't. I couldn't think of it either. Uh, his guitar went for like two and a half million recently, three million, something which is like wrong. That. That's the wrong number. Um, so there's a lot of conversation about like what is Lucille worth? Um, what- I, guess, I mean, I know that there's a bunch of different versions of this guitar, and he didn't have. It's not like David Gilmore where he had one Blackie. Yeah, uh, but I, I feel like, I mean, if BB King played it, I feel like it should command more than David Gilmore. Right. I feel like DB like BB King's more important, but maybe not now because there's more boomers alive who think that Pink Floyd is more important for some reason. I mean, there's definitely every time I like, crap on Pink Floyd, I get it. We get a ton of there's comments. There's definitely like a further reach with Pink Floyd. In the last six months, I've definitely listened to way more Pink Floyd. That I have listened to BB King, which is to say, that's just because you cruise around with a radio on. Which no, like intentionally, I will say that I have listened to Pink Floyd, and in the last six months, I have not listened to BB King. All right, I, mean, um, I could say that I've sought out to listen to BB King infinitely more times than I have to sought out to listen to Pink Floyd. Every time I've heard Pink Floyd, it has been not by my own choosing. By my, right. Um, so they're saying that this instrument was his primarily, primarily, uh, primary stage instrument until 2009 when it was stolen. Then a few months later, uh, it was disco- it was like rediscovered. So this is 
The claim is that this is the original. They caught Lucille. the guy. You don't um, rediscover something that's stolen. You you caught you caught the guy. Right. Right. Is that how it goes down? It's well, not like oh, we discovered. Not you necessarily here because in the this strata of soil, especially in two thousand nine, you could steal steal this guitar. And then sell it to a pawn shop as, oh, this is a BB King Lucille model, sure. not knowing that it was the BB King Lucille prototype. I think recovered is the correct word, not discovered. Did I say discovered? Yeah. I meant recovered. Oh, okay. So you came up with that word. I just, I can't read right now. Steve is, has completed his Steve drink. There is no more Steve. There is only Steve drink. So what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I don't know the specifics of why the daughter is upset, but do you think that it should sell for a lot of money? It says it's worth 80K to 100K. I feel like with that David Gilmore president setting, precedent sitting out there, someone's got to step up and buy this for more, right? Yeah, but I don't know if it's going to get into the millions because it, from what I understand, like all of the David Gilmore bidders were just like basically CEOs. Right. Like, I know so there was also an element of like it was a fundraiser or something and that can drive stuff up. Yeah. I don't know, man. I let's mean, get, do I think it should be worth more? Yeah, I think it should go for a little bit more. I guess I uh, like when I think about it, there's saying. like the audience of people who would be dropping that kind of money probably don't exist as much with BB King as they do with Pink Floyd. I mean, there are definitely... Because Pink Floyd um, is definitely like that element of like, oh, I'm a CEO who listens to deep music. Right. There's definitely it's some conversation deep. that like... It's not deep music. This guitar is going to end up in the hands of one Joe Bonamassa. Bonamassa. I don't know, man. He took a vowel property. I don't... Well... As a blues man, he took a vow of poverty. You think he can afford an $80,000 guitar? I don't think so. He'd have to sell at least two $40,000 guitars to afford that. I don't know if and he he's ha- only got like 30 of those. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hashtag vow of poverty. Let's hit the last ad and get out of here. I said that. Uh, so actually, fake. we got some housekeeping, man. Housekeep it, man. Sweep it up. Um, housekeeping is a time where we acknowledge the people who have supported this show. This week, at the $1 level, we are acknowledging Michael Wieson. And at the $10 level, which is our inner circle level, which gets you into our behind-the-scenes Facebook group, and a merch pack that I definitely need to send out soon is uh, Dan Pratt. Uh, thanks, guys, for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash hum. I hope that's the right link. Um, or check out the show notes where we have a direct link to the page. Um, everything that you donate, whether it's a dollar, $2, 5 whatever, you know, any amount, uh, goes into building when we built this stage that came with support of inner circle. When we go to trade shows that comes with the support of the inner circle. When we buy burritos before we podcast, yeah, it's you a, feed us with your money. If I did not eat before this show, I would have passed out by now. If I mean, you'd be way drunker. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, paying for our food before we podcast just makes life so much easier yeah. around my house here. It means, it, means, I, it means I can come straight from work over here and you don't have to cut your workday short to cook dinner for me. Exactly. I don't have to feed Steve because he has a voracious appetite. I oh cannot satisfy him. That is accurate. Um, so thanks. Uh, thanks this man guys. eats a whole chicken by himself. I definitely could. I could too. 
Uh, thanks, guys, for supporting the show. Every dollar counts, and we super appreciate it. Whether again, whether it's a dollar or five or ten or twenty-five or a thousand, we still don't have no. anyone pledging at the four or five or six-dollar levels. Seven is available too. Yeah, we be also the, do not. Have, we also do not have anybody pledging at the seven hundred and thirty-nine dollar level. That's a joke from last episode. Yeah, but we'll do it again just in case you're dumb. We will do that joke again. We will do this podcast again as long as we keep pulling in a slight amount of money to make it worth it and make it justifiable. This last group of ads was sent by Damian Michael. These are Chiggy seven strings. Our How did guitars. you pronounce it? Chiggy. Okay, Chiggy is... I thought you said Chicky, and I was like, there's G's in there. G. Chiggy. Chiggy, like chigger. You know what a chigger is? It's a bug. It's a bug. Lives in wood. Mm-hmm. Can't, it Lives can, in your skin. It can bite you, right? Lives in your skin. I think they live in wood, and then they go in your skin? They, like, burrow under your skin. Oh, that sounds... That is what I've been told. Delightful. My family is from the Midwest, and anytime I've gone hiking in the woods, they say, where... Like, it's like... You can get Literally, it's, it's Nashville weather... And they're saying, no, dude, jeans, long socks. You can get chiggered up. You don't want chiggers. So anyways, uh, you got these guitars here. Would you get chiggy with it for 190 with a seven-string off, uh, seven-string semi-hollow? Um, well, my gut reaction was to say, nah, 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 nah. But at $190, I don't think I would go for the semi-hollow, uh, but I might go... So y- you're- you're yeah, 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 for this uh, Telecaster. So you're saying, Chiggy, 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 can't you see that this seven-string Telecaster... Speaks to me. Speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> there was a challenge for us The to- only reason we picked this out is because the name is funny and rhymes with other things. There was a challenge for, like, one of the questions on the topics call out this week was, which one of you is a better, better mumble rapper? <laughs> Probably you. I can imagine you. No, I probably mumble better than you. But do you rap better than me? No. But I think that's part of the joke about mumble rap is that you don't have to rap too good. It's all on SoundCloud. It's Uh, all on SoundCloud. These are like, this is a company. They say we're a new company called Huntsman Musical Instruments. This is our first run of instruments. We have named Chiggy Guitars. There's the C37, which is the seven-string semi-hollow arch top, and the C67, which is the uh, seven-string solid-body guitar. Why do they only do seven-string? I don't know. But a seven-string semi-hollow is pretty cray-cray. These are located in Bloomington, California. Do you know where these are? Do you know where Bloomington, California is? No, I don't. I'm sure it's out, you know, off to the left of, you know, Fullerton or... All right, Bloomington, uh, uh, California. I'm going to open this in maps. Where do you think this is? I'm Where's gonna the say butthole of California again? Bakersfield? No, the other one. Fresno? Fresno. So it's you're not saying Fresno, though. I can't remember the butthole of California. Modesto? Modesto is the butthole All of right. California. I, I'm not going to I part- bet it's next to Modesto. I'm not going to participate because I already saw the mileage, uh, which is It's probably just outside of L.A. Well, that is very disappointing. Where is it? Bloomington is uh, between, effectively between uh, San Bernardino and Fontana. We're doing it. We're geography podcasting. But that's where the office is. Obviously, these are import guitars at 190. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They look it. They look like what we've been talking oh, yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. 
Chiggy, 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 can't you see this episode is ending for me? Steve, tell us about the song. Yeah, this week's song was sent by Maxwell Liam. He goes by Hi Junk. Just kidding. I can't read my own handwriting. It's Hi Jack. He says, Hey Ryan. Yes. Per our conversation, here are three songs for you to choose from. Hope you like them. Uh, his site is hijackmke.com, uh, which will be a link in the show notes. This song is going to be called Devil's Deal. Cool. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to be uh, live streaming in a couple minutes. That was two weeks ago, Steve. That's true. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded. Some whiz.